Welcome to Catholic Town, sponsored by the National Shrine Grotto of Our Lady of Lourdes and Mount St. Mary's University. Catholic Town aims to highlight people, places, and movements that are spreading the kingdom of God in the historic town of Emmitsburg, Maryland, and beyond. Join us as we sit down with Catholic figures of all types, hear their stories, and get to the heart of what drives them. Hello, this is David McCarthy, Mount St. Mary's, and I'm here again with Monsignor Baker, who is the rector of Mount St. Mary's Seminary. Yes, great yes, to be back. Yes. David, so, uh, yeah, and can you, I, last time you gave a quick biography, I asked you how a person becomes rector. I don't think you ever got there. No, I didn't. I, no. That's a good question, yeah. because uh, um, it was somewhat accidental, if you will. My bishop just uh, called me in one day and said, uh, they're looking for someone to apply to this position. And I said, well, Bishop, that's up to you. Um, you have the, the charisma of discernment over my life. Mm-hmm. So what, if you want me to apply for this position that he knew was open uh, and that other people were encouraging me to apply, um, I just applied and I was chosen. Um, yeah. So it, it just uh, was, for me, a bit of a miracle. Oh, that's good. I know, I remember those days. I remember when you were announced but not here. Of course, all of us were looking you up. Oh my! Right, well, and and hope you yeah, found no. Something good. Oh, we did. Yeah, everybody was very delighted. It's been great. It's been great having you yeah. too. Um, one of the I, I have to say, as we get this started, we we really haven't talked about this, but um, being a theologian at a university mm-hmm. is really a fun and interesting life. It is because it provides us with a certain amount of, if you will, leisure. Well, to think too. and to yes. pray about all of this, and True. then also to be challenged with good questions. It's one of the things I miss about teaching actually is I used to say, well, it's very contemplative. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it yes. was a prayer life for me. Yes. And, and now I don't have time for that. Yeah. yeah. The oh, same well. thing with me. I do a little bit of teaching, but not as much as I'd like to. Yeah. All right. Uh, we talked about Advent already. We did a little uh, review of liturgy as, um, for lack of a better way of putting it, I'm going to say the work of the people. Yeah. Right, that you said it better than me, though. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's the work of Jesus Christ as High Priest and the work of His Body, the Church. Right, and then you talked about it being, um, well, if 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 Christ is fully human, fully divine, you actually described worship in that same way, in a sense, mm-hmm. right, where we're fully offered. Uh, God offer God offers and gives, and so that we can offer and and give unite yeah. ourselves to Him. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, on a side, uh, I don't think this is an aside. Um, when when I would talk about the liturgy with um, students, and I told you before, I, I think of this as a layperson, but you know, I got the little theologian's edge. I used to say we miss parts of the liturgy that are very important, especially for lay people, right. and one of those is walking in the church, yeah. right? So that we are gathering, we're sure, gathering, sure. and 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 that's last time I. Uh, when you were t- after you were talking, I tried to come up with the sports analogy, and I went big Super Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl, yeah. And one of those things is I wanted to had in my background in my head. I was wondering how I would formulate is that we have um, we practice right. You have practices even before practice or outside of practice. Individuals go into the weight room or practice mm-hmm. catching the ball or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you have regular season games. You have things you do during the week, basically. And I was mm-hmm. just trying to get at the idea that. Um, as far as some, Chris, we'll be talking about Christmas season, but as far as Christmas season goes, all the stuff we do around Christmas season, it all leads up to and makes sense because of, well, Christmas. Christ. Yes. 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 Right. And uh, 
quick review before we get into a line that you gave last time, which was Christmas is about more than Christmas. Mm-hmm. But the liturgical year, you call them hinges. We've got mm-hmm. Christmas as a hinge, which we have a preparatory period in Advent, and then a season, Christmas season. Right. And then uh, with Easter, with you've Easter, Easter season, yeah. and then a preparatory of Lent. And then we have ordinary time around that. But mm-hmm. So, like I said, last time you said Christmas is more about more than Christmas. Right. Can you say more? Well, I, I made the point that uh, it's certainly about the first coming of Christ, but it's also about his second coming. And we talked a little bit about uh, how important a theme that is for all of us as Christians, that we not only um, celebrate the first coming of Christ, but we're preparing for his second. And we prepare uh, the way in which we, uh, is really the way in which we respond to his first coming. Uh, how we're responding as a disciple of Christ that's our road. That's uh, that which upon which we will be judged. Um, how we're responding to, to him. Uh, our Lord himself says, you know, we should love God above all and our neighbor as, as ourself. You know, that's, that's the, the core and the heart uh, of Christianity. And so how we're responding to that, um, uh, that, that way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's how we will be judged when we meet Christ coming again. Okay. Great. Great. Uh, I, I can't help throwing this in there. It, what you, it makes, I don't know if you ever read, you probably have C.S. Lewis's Great Divorce. Yes, I have. Yeah. And that theme is underneath there in the sense where how people have responded and some have not responded so well. Right. But, mm-hmm. but people end up actually turning away because they want something else or think they want something else. So I'm just want to add to that, that um, uh, our response to Christ's, coming or let's say Christmas, mm-hmm. um, how we learn to respond to it actually is going to affect how we are open to God. Let's say other parts of the year. Yes, sure. That's right. a good, yeah. 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 So that it can span the year in the right. sense of right. how we think about what we're doing. We, you said the hinges are Christmas and Easter, but mm-hmm. how we prepare and then accept the sure. events happening. And as you put it, I mean, Advent and Christmas is the beginning of the liturgical year. Yeah. 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 So, so we talked about a little bit. I said it quickly that we were on year A mm-hmm. when we did the Advent. I did my little thing about how Catholics actually can read the whole New Testament or have it read to them mm-hmm. just by going to Sunday. Now, just if you go to Sunday. daily mass, whoa, yes, yes, you're you're, you're one and two. You, you might can. not get all of Deuteronomy, no, or Leviticus. But you get a large portion of both Old and New Testament. Oh, yes, yes. And now we're on year A. Maybe you can explain the cycles. Well, it's just kind of a, a renovation and renewal of the liturgy that took place following the Second Vatican Council, and it was an attempt by the Council Fathers and the renewal to immerse the people of God uh, in a secular, secular way mm-hmm. all of scriptures, or at right. least the major parts of and major themes uh, of scripture. So uh, there's a three-year cycle to help uh, throughout all the Sundays, including all the seasons of the year, a three-year cycle that helps introduce and then reintroduce the people of God coming to Mass every Sunday with the major themes and figures uh, and ideas and books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a big Bible, so there's right. there right. there's a, sort of a logical way in which they've kind of split it up. And then over those three years, A, B, and C, we're pretty much introduced to all of those uh, books, major figures, and major themes of the Scriptures. Right. And now with year A, we're on Matthew. Right. 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 And we talked about, um, I didn't even look at what the reading is on Sunday. I mean, I'm sorry, on 
Christmas Day. But Matthew, we talked a little bit about Luke, actually, when we were talking about Advent and the shepherds. Mm -hmm. But Matthew has, oh, we'll get to the Magi during the Christmas season. Yeah, that's in the Christmas season. Right, Mm -hmm. right. right. So we'll get there. That's probably where that sits. It's the Magi. Because we talked about shepherds and humility. Mm -hmm. We'll get to, we should talk about what it means to have kings as well. Yes, the Magi. Yeah, yeah. But we'll get there. So um, with Christmas season, Mm -hmm. um, I want to know what's included in Christmas season. I have just the December calendar here. Mm-hmm. And um, for the Sundays, we have the feasts of the Holy Family. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, that does make sense. Sure. Yes, right. it does. Yes. yes. Because yes. they're there together. They're there together. <laughs> yes. And it's important to know that, of course, when Christ was born, he was born within a human family. Yeah. Oh, you know? very good. So I think that's you should beautiful. say more about that. Well, it's the sanctification of the human family. God... God so ordained uh, the way he created us in such a way that the human family is a reflection of who he is. You know, three persons, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have husband and wife and child. There, there is a, a great analogy and, and image. And then God so sanctified the human family that he actually came, uh, became one of us within a human family. And oh, nice. um, um, our regular human families, if my family's any example, I'm sure you family. We think most of them are regular. We don't come with halos. No, we do. We definitely don't. We (laughs) don't choose uh, our families. We would not make it It just happen. Oh, and that is a wonderful thing. (laughs) That's Um, the surprise part we talked about the last time. It is. And even uh, having children, I have five children, and um, certainly it's different than adoption, let's say, in the sense where, you know, you're having a baby and you have a genetic thing. But there are lots of ways you're like, uh, okay, I didn't... you know, did, I didn't count on this. Where did you're, that come you, from? You're getting a stranger in lots mm-hmm. of ways. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. And I do think um, family relationships, um, particularly in our culture, I don't know about other cultures, but they are special because in our culture of people moving back and forth and changing location, these are the relationships that stay with us through thick and thin. Yeah. Uh, for richer, for poorer, yes. sickness and in health. Right. And let's it's not talk about of love. marriage. Right. Yeah, and even... It's the people we have to ask forgiveness, right? right? We're, right. We're, we're with them long enough that we eventually hurt each other. So it's a, it's a striking thing. And, right. and it's those sorts of things that are being sanctified. Yes, and also a manifestation of God's love. So he sanctifies those ordinary things of, of life, in particular, the kind of basic cell of society, which is the family itself. At the same time, God speaks to us about himself and our relationship with him. Because, you uh, know, in our relationship with him, too, yes, it's, it's yes. like family. It's like marriage, you know, through thick yes. and thin. Yes. Look once again at the people of Israel. Right. Look how unfaithful they were. And what's yes. the image that the prophets use the most? It's that of marriage. Yes. Isn't that interesting? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's the faithfulness of God, sometimes in the, in the face of our unfaithfulness yes. and our quirkiness and our strangeness. Okay. I am going to guess the chapter, but probably get this wrong. I'm thinking it's Isaiah 55. That's the... Fa- that's the uh, my ways are not your ways. And that actually said in the context of mercy. Mm. Um, yeah. Right. yeah. It, uh, God is calling Israel back. Right. Right. To himself. Says, yes. And and why? Because my ways are not your ways. Right. Right. Yes. Because if his ways were ours, he would never have called them back. Yes. Yeah. Now, exactly. Uh, gets me to a while of it lyric as well that I love. Um, God will, but I won't. Mm. God does, but I don't. That's the difference between God and me. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, he's talking about unfaithful person. Yeah. Right. yeah. So um, all that we said about that sanctified 
can we also, is it appropriate? I'm really asking this. Is it appropriate or inappropriate also to pull that back into the Holy Family? That is, as Mary and Joseph, I mean, they're, they're saints, mm-hmm. um, but we don't think about their do we? Th- I don't. Oh, their struggle, their, their struggles, yes. their their worries, sure, um, sure. their ordinary moments. Absolutely. Can we bring those ordinary moments into the holy family? They, they must be there in the sense yeah. that that's we we speak of even the time in our Lord's life that we don't know a lot about, uh, you know, as the hidden years. But those are the ordinary years too. Right. They would have lived that ordinary life. Um, we take our, our our deacons on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land every year. And we visit the, the house of Joseph that's there in Nazareth. And you realize that, all right, this is commemorating at least, and the church that's over a house commemorates the, the, the living of ordinary daily family life of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. There's only, I always say there's only one little difficulty, and that is poor St. Joseph. I'm often thinking of him because he, you know, he'd come down to his morning coffee, and he's got the Immaculate Conception and the Son of God you know, at the yes. breakfast table. Yes. Uh, and if anything <laughs> went wrong, it was his fault. Now, um, students... But, used to ask me when I was teaching about Jesus' self-knowledge, and I wouldn't necessarily answer it. It's one of those speculative things and how people do it, right? But what I, what I would say would be, so if you, if you were holy as a seven-year-old, mm-hmm. your life's going to be harder, not easier. Great. Yes. And that would sort of end the conversation because students were looking for me what they wanted from that answer is Jesus skated through life, right? Right. He was, right. he was on Certainly easy street. No. He was a God. He was on right. easy street. But if we know anything about the rest of his life, mm-hmm. um, to think about this as a holy family might in fact make it, like I said, we are, we mentioned this, the previous podcast, when we talk about Easter, Jesus takes the hard way. Right. 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 And he does. so and he didn't have to, in the sense that it was God, but right? Yes. he chose to take the, the hard way. And we know from Thomas Aquinas that, you know, our Lord, learned experientially. He, he needed to acquire experiential knowledge. He had mm-hmm. um, knowledge, uh, a divine knowledge, but he still had to uh, have Joseph show him how to to, to right. cut the wood. Right. Um, yes. And he experientially also learned. And then he also, Jesus suffered and was by way of that suffering. He didn't take an easy road yeah. by way of that yeah. suffering we were saved. Yeah. So I used to say, so you're seven years old, harder, easier to always tell the truth. <laughs> right. So, yes. so I just, yeah. I kind of want to get that in there that in fact, yeah. it could actually be, uh, the Holy family we can look at with icons and all having halos and think, ah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there you go. That's the life. But in fact, it might've been quite the opposite. And struggled in poverty yeah. and difficulty. Yeah. 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 So there you go. Christmas and Holy family. Right. Um, and now, uh, the next day within the Christmas season, is uh, January 1st. January 1st, Mary, yes. Mother of God. Yes. First thing I think you need to explain, because I wouldn't be able to do it, is the difference between a feast day and a solemnity. Well, there's just, yeah, that's, there's it gradations. Can, so okay. gradations of, of liturgical feasts in which, you know, the solemnities would be kind of the more central, most important of those mysteries and those um, either doctrines or moments of, uh, or titles that are really important. They're real critical. Okay. So liturgically, we celebrate them a little bit differently. Um, So on a solemnity, we always pray the creed, for instance, even though on Sunday we do that as well. Mm -hmm. But on a solemnity, the outside of Sunday, um, we pray the creed. It's kind of an upgrade, if you will. Great. Um, Great. Thanks. So 
I just get to that because we had the feast of the Holy Family, right? And then we right. had the solemnity. Solemnity. So yes. there's something a little bit more important here when we talk about a solemnity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you have anything to say about the solemnity of Mary, the Mother of God? Well, I always like the fact that it's the first day of the year, right? It's uh, it's uh, New Year's Day, mm-hmm. and everybody is just kind of waking up and wondering what happened yesterday, last night. Yeah. Um, but it's starting a whole new year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do so interestingly enough. Uh, under the patronage of Mary, Mother of God. Mother of God. Mother yes. of God. So yes. all of her privileges flows from that one fact mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that God chose her to be the mother of his son. God right. the Father chose her to be the mother of his son. Yeah. So um, it's kind of begins the year with the most important title that Our Lady has, Mother of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start fresh and new. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a new beginning. Um, and Mary is a great uh, intercessor for those of us that need a fresh new beginning. Uh, uh-huh. um, and she's the one that leads to Christ mm-hmm. uh, most uh, perfectly. So it kind of is a way in which we, we start off the year with mom. Right. And what right. better way to start something new than yes. with your mother? Yes. And I am going to add the idea here that um, the themes we've talked about before I think about her in comparison with um, John the Baptist's father, Zechariah. Oh, Zechariah's. Yes. I always got a hitch in my brain between Zacchaeus and Zechariah, my two Z names. Yes. Yes. Now, he was in the Holy of Holies, correct, when he he was was in his service as a priest. He heard the message when he encountered the Mm -hmm. angel Gabriel. Yes. Right. All right. I always think, what's the difference between Zechariah and Mary? he was in a place where he would expect to see an angel and to receive a message. Mm. That's mm. what he was there for. Yeah. Right. It's, and, it's and holy. his question, huh? Right. Right. Cause she has a little bit of, huh? Like, sure. Yeah. His is a question of doubt. Hers right. is a question of clarification. Yes. But you can see how his doubt doesn't look good. Oh, right. Cause it was his job. He was supposed, that's what he was supposed to be doing. Right. Right. So, so, you know, it, it, it's different if you think, you know, he's supposed to be there to receive God for, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Holy of Holies for the people of right. Israel. Right. And when it happens, like most of us, I'm not blaming him. I'd be the same way. Like, but this is really a thing. This is, really, yeah. <laughs> right. this is what you want me to but, do. But uh, Mary uh, is not a person you would expect no. Or they would have not have expected. I, no, I, I'm guessing not. we wouldn't either. No, a, a little backwater town of Nazareth, yes. uh, yeah. a young virgin um, betrothed to some craftsman or carpenter by the name of Joseph. Uh, it's completely out of the kind of normal, temporal, earthly way of thinking of things. Right. Or and, religious. Or religious. Yeah. In the yeah. sense where, like I say, you'd think you'd get it in the Holy Holies. Right, right. 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 Or, you know, the son of King David. Yes, someone or or someone, but no. And I think we should be easy on Joseph. Poor Joseph. Yes, he he's right to need convincing. Right, right, right. In a way, right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Are we okay with being okay with Joseph? Yeah, Joseph is a good man. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, I just wanted to get that theme right that the the God bearer um, and Mary has appeared to people much like her, which I think is interesting. Yes. Juan Diego, for instance, in Guadalupe, yes, the three yes. shepherd children of Fatima. Right. Uh, exactly. Little Bernadette, little, little 14 year old yes. Bernadette yes. in, in Lourdes. Yeah. Yes. So as you already said, our mother, the, the solemnity of Mary, the Holy mother of God, is God appearing to people like us? 
right? Well, not yeah. like me. I'm a theologian. No. <laughs> but, you know. She does on occasion. Well, people would be surprised if God appearing to a theologian. Yes. So, yes, yes. People like me. Yes, right. <laughs> no, I just want to get yeah. that, that it's, um, it's a high holy day, mm-hmm. but Mary herself is a person who brings holiness to us. Right, right. Who we are. Right. right. There's a yeah. beautiful, right here on campus, you know, the IC Chapel, Immaculate Conception Chapel. Yeah. There's a beautiful stained glass window up in the choir loft. Okay. And the light shines right through it. Uh-huh. And that's really what Our Lady is. Yeah. She allows the light. Is that the rose window? Thrown right, yeah, it, it's yeah. one of the, it, it's, it's not the rose window on either side. The abs, okay. But in the choir loft. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Which you can, you can see if you go up uh, down the nave and you turn around and you see this beautiful image of, huh. of Our Lady. But oh, it, that's, nice. that's what she does. Yeah, she, she, that. Yeah. The light shines I don't know if I can ever get down her. there. Yeah. Right. I guess I can look through the sacristy. I never go down that. It's such a long choir loft that I never get down. Yes. No. But I mean, if you go down the long, uh, just the aisle in the in the main church, oh, yeah, oh, okay. look behind you. Oh, yeah, look behind you, up toward the choir loft. There is uh, that great image. Uh, very good. All right. I just have to throw in that um, Elizabeth Ann Seton's um, oh, memorial is also during yes, the season. We're going to throw her in there. Yes. Yes. Sure, as our great. patroness here, one of the yes. patronesses here at the mound. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. She walked these yeah. very grounds. Yes. And also fitting within that framework as well. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Person of means mm-hmm. and um, nobility that then lives in the forest. Lives in the forest. Yes. Give it all away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's also interesting to know that there's some martyrs between Christmas. Oh, I'm you know, sorry. You I know, got, yeah, there are ahead. some of them, you know, you, you, yeah. even Stephen the Proto-Martyr, for yes. instance, or the yes. Holy Innocents. Yes. Um, and it's very interesting that Stephen the Proto-Martyr is the day after Christmas. You think, what in the world? We just went from Christmas to celebrating a martyr, the Proto-Martyr, the most, you know, the first of, of the martyrs. And you think, well, that's, um, as Fulton, the now soon-to-be blessed um, Fulton Sheen once said, we all come into this world to live, but Christ came into this world to die. Ah, and so the good. martyrdom of St. Stephen is a reminder that it's in laying down our lives that oh. uh, we manifest the, the, the love of God who came in this world and came at Christmas to ultimately lay down his life for us. And there's the Feast of the Holy Innocents. And the Feast of the Holy Innocents. Follows right yeah. a couple days after that. Like precisely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very good. I, I, you know what? I, I was looking at that and I just skipped over it. But that fits with what we did with Advent as well. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. With the um, where you're going and where, where you've where, been and where you're where going. going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's correct to say that the end-ish of the Christmas season, does it mark the end? The solemnity, another solemnity of the epiphany of our Lord. The epiphany. Right. Right. Yes. It actually goes all the way to the baptism, but the epiphany's in there. Oh. Yeah. Oh, um, you know... Um, I have to say I was very confused. We'll get to this when we do ordinary time. The um, I was on USCCB. They list the Feast of the Baptism as the first day of ordinary time, which is interesting. Yeah, because it kind of begins. There's no first Sunday of ordinary time. Oh, maybe that's my problem. And that's why they probably, uh, yes. Why is there, first, we'll get that with, or, we'll There's talk no. about ordinary time. Yeah. That'll okay. be one of my yes, questions right. I ask. So, why no first Sunday? Okay, yes. that was my confusion. Right. Great. Because yeah. I went to the next Sunday and it was second. Second. So I thought, oh, Precisely. that must be the first. Okay, great. Right. So we have the epiphany, the solemnity of the epiphany, and then the epiphany. baptism of the Lord. Can you tell us, most of us don't know what the solemnity of the epiphany of our Lord is about. The epiphany. So epiphany means manifestation. Okay. So it has um, really several meanings. First, we we normally uh, think of and hear of the Magi. Yes. Um, So this is the moment in which our Lord, uh, as a child, is first manifested to all the nations. 
the Magi represent the Gentiles. The shepherds represent the people of Israel. So the shepherds come first. And then after some time, the Magi come from the east. And these are non-Jewish Gentiles. So they represent all the nations uh, outside of Israel. So Jesus is the Savior not only of the people of Israel, but he fulfills the, the mission that God gave the people of Israel which was to be a nation among all nations, to be uh, God's way of saving and bringing to him and orienting to him all the nations of the world. So Christ completes that in himself and in his mission, bringing all of the nations to him. So it's his first, if you will, manifestation to the, the whole world, the, the other nations. He's already in the, in the person of the shepherds to the people of Israel and to the, these magi to all nations. Uh, I have to say I'm well-educated. And I've been a theologian for a long time, and I've totally missed that. Yeah. Wow. So this is like a mini pilgrimage of the nations. Yes. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Because the pilgrimage of the nations was, I, I, when we did the Advent, that's one of the first themes of Advent mm-hmm. is the pilgrimage of the nations. So this Epiphany Day really does connect the Christmas season and Advent going together Pilgrimage of Nations, right, manifestation right, right, that right, this is the right. savior of the world. Right, right. Wow. And there's also the other theme that's kind of in there sometimes in some of the readings is the baptism of the Lord in some way, um, but that's coming up. I mean, that's also right. kind of another yeah. manifestation, yeah. but there's this time of the season of, the, of Christmas toward the end. It's now, all right, Christ is born. Now what's his right. purpose? What's his? Okay, so going with what you just said, a new angle on it for me. So the long journey of the Magi, and then going to this, whatever it was, hut or shack, yeah. or just enclosure or whatever it was, um, that is, uh, what's the way to say it? It's it's part of, it's a sign of the manifestation. Yeah. When kings visit the king, right. it's a right. sign of the manifestation. And they actually uh-huh. adore the king. They bring him right. gifts. Right. They recognize his kingship over them. One of those guys is on his knees in my manger scene. Mm-hmm. Or genuflecting, I should say. <laughs> right, one, is, one. one is bowing, one is genuflecting. Mm-hmm. Yes, I can't know what the third is doing. But okay, so that's interesting. So that is, um, you know, in our world, it would work the same, right? Uh, if you have somebody becoming a world leader, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, one way they get recognized as such is other world readers open up relations with them or something right. like that. Right, right. right. Oh, so there you go. So in the shepherds, we have Israel. Mm-hmm. In the Magi, we have the nations. The nations of the world. Wow. It's right. beautiful. Excellent. Okay, then now to the baptism. The baptism of the Lord. Yes. yes. He's coming. Yes, that's the next Sunday. So go ahead. Go so, go with the baptism. Well, the baptism, of course, is the, is the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And guess who we meet there? Not only our Lord, but our Lord meets someone there at the baptism, which is John the Baptist. Yes. yes. Another figure. And remember from the last time, he was a, a major figure in Advent. Right, right. So right. he was a, a figure that uh, the last of the prophets, as you pointed out, David, to, um, who introduces people to, to Christ and, and helps them get ready. Um, so the preparation for and beginning of Jesus' public ministry is the baptism of the Lord in, in the Jordan River. Um, so this kind of ends the period of Christmas and then points us now toward Jesus's public ministry. That's going to lead us ultimately to Lent and yes. then to, to the Triduum, our Lord's passion, death and resurrection. So it's, it's sort of like the springboard um, into Jesus's uh, 
daily, ordinary adult public ministry. Okay. Now, if any, if the people that are here saw that I was scrambling with my papers because of the thing I said about, you said, there's no first Sunday of ordinary time, right. that I had put the baptism in the wrong pile. I found it. You found it. All right. Great. Yes. So an interesting thing about the scripture, um, when we talked about Lent, we were talking, I talked about the greatest hits of Isaiah. That was probably wrong because what we got here is Isaiah 42, which is a suffering servant oh, passage. Yes, yeah. Okay, so that seems to me significant for the baptism. Yes, can you say something about the suffering servant? Yeah, so Isaiah really prophesies that this um, one to come and this Messiah will actually um, redeem Israel and, and all the nations by way of uh, suffering. And even we hear this during. Um, now, Holy Week in particular, a real particular suffering. You know, he, he mentions the way in which our Lord did actually suffer. Uh, and it's through that suffering that salvation comes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so this, the other passages are complete validation of everything we've gone over. You ready? Yeah. So we have a passage from Acts for the second reading, which is about um, Peter and Cornelius. The Jew and the Gentile. Yes, right. Yes, and Peter going to Mm -hmm. his house. Right, right. Right, that's like the Magi. Mm -hmm. That's good. Precisely. Okay. Peter's learned well from our Lord. And I have to say, I looked at these ahead of time, and then when I just looked at the gospel, which was Matthew 3, the baptism, right? After our conversation, I just took a quick note, and I realized there's a manifestation theme here, because John says... um, I need to be baptized by you. you. Yeah. yeah, that's a manifestation mm-hmm. element sure. of the baptism. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yes. It, so certainly it is the beginning of his ministry, but the way that it's treated by John, mm-hmm. it's 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 a. I need it. I I need it. Right. And and uh, yeah, I'm being surpassed right mm-hmm. here in this moment. And like I said, I kind of think of John the Baptist this is mostly from the Gospel of Luke as the last of the prophets, and Jesus begins. The, mm-hmm what they say is going to come is now here. Jesus is the now here, right? The prophets are, this is going to be, and it happens right there. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. even doesn't our Lord say about John the Baptist is, um, uh, even the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Uh, but that also means that John needs to be part of the kingdom of God and he's asking for it right there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. he needs to be part of that, that kingdom. And it also tells us that by way of our baptism, that's the, uh, you know, the first sacrament, the first sacrament of initiation. It is by way of that sacrament that we enter into the life of Christ. Yes. All right. So, Christmas season. I just want to note, we really didn't talk about Christmas Day very much. We didn't. No. no. Well, that was. I think. I think that was intentional. Or I try. I, it was somewhat intentional on my part because the theme of this is Christmas is more than about Christmas, mm. right? And the Christmas season brings us those thematically sets the terms. You could say of the year. True. Yes. Right. Sure. We have humility manifestation, Mm -hmm. uh, baptism, suffering, Mm -hmm. penance. penance. Wow. Christmas season. It's all there. It's all there. Yeah. And it starts, of course, our liturgical year. Yes. It's it's the foundation of our Christian life. Uh, So we have to look out out for the scriptures during the Christmas season, having these themes. And... In the prefatory Eucharistic prayers. Yes. Correct? Yes. Well, lots of manifestations. Correct. Yeah, okay. Great. Great. Excellent. This has been great. Thank this you. This a lot of fun. All right. Christmas. Thank you Season. very much. Yes.